Hey everyone, my name is Jordan, and thank you for joining us for today's online sermon. Today we're going to be hearing a message from our pastor out of 2 Kings called Finishing Well. And if you're a little bit younger, like me, that you might be thinking, I don't need to be worried about finishing well, I'm just getting started. Well, that's true, but if you don't have a good target to aim at, then you're going to end up lost. So we're going to dive into 2 Kings and look at how we need to be finishing well um, and we hope that you are blessed and encouraged from today's message. Let's pray. Father, thank you for another opportunity for us to come together and hear your word, whether we're in church this morning or we're watching online, watching with friends and family, or we're in the car. And we just ask that you would open up our ears, our minds, and our hearts and challenge, encourage us uh, with what you have today for us, and that you would use the pastor as a mouthpiece for your word and your teaching today. In your name we pray. Amen. I have a painting hanging on the wall in my office above my desk that's very special to me. I've had it hanging there about 15 years. It's a, a mountain scene from the fall of the year. and In the background, you see rolling hills and the leaves are turning these beautiful colors. And In the foreground, there's this field and with, with, with grass and so on. And in the middle of the field is an old 1950-something model pickup truck that is just rusting away. And when I saw that painting, it really spoke to me and I hung it on the wall of my office when I was in my early 50s because it spoke to me and what it said was, don't rust out. As a young pastor, I'd seen so many older ministers who were worn out and rusted out and just kind of coasted to the end, not all, but some. And, and I didn't want that. And I hung that painting there to remind me, Steve, don't do that. As I'm entering the fall season of my life and the fall season of ministry, I don't want to rust out like an old pickup truck. And I don't believe you do either. So today we're going to talk about finishing well. Finishing well. And, and in our Bible reading plan here at First Baptist, we've been reading in recent weeks the books of Kings and Chronicles, and it tells about the good and godly kings, the bad and ungodly kings. But what we've noticed, and several members have spoken to me about, is how many of the good kings, how many of the godly kings messed up near the end of their life. In other words, they did not finish well. There's even a couple of prophets who messed up toward the end and did not finish well. And so God has used the Bible to get our attention about the importance of finishing well and not take it for granted, not assume that it automatically happens. And, and I can just imagine some of you who are younger, whether you're young adults or college students, teenagers listening to me right now, you are saying, or maybe you're thinking, Pastor, that's, that, that's all good and well. I understand why that matters. But what does that mean for me at this point in my life? I mean, I'm, I'm 18 years old. I'm 25 years old. How does this apply to me? And, and one of the things I want you to, to know is this. And so really listen to the message today because how we live our journey along the way when we are young and when we are middle age impacts how we finish. It really does. Finishing well is not just about what happens at the end. Because what we do along the way during the journey of life has an impact on how we finish. So this is an important message for 
you. And, and think about it. M- many of you know that if you begin investing for your retirement when you're 25 versus waiting until you're 35 to begin investing, on average, those who start at 25 will have twice as much money in retirement, two times as much in retirement as those who wait until they are 35 to begin. So in the financial world, because of compound interest, we know that starting young makes a difference when we finish. The same thing is true spiritually. Now, it doesn't mean if you wait later, you can't finish well. You can But you're not going to have some of the impact you could have had if you had started younger. So how we live along the way makes a difference in how we finish. So as we talk about finishing well, we're going to learn some lessons from the life of the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. His name was Elijah. And we read about him in the latter chapters of 1 Kings and the early chapters of 2 Kings in the Old Testament. Elijah is considered their greatest prophet. He was a a man of great faith and prayer who was bold. He confronted kings. He led religious reform. He wasn't perfect. He he could be prone to being discouraged at times. But, But he lived well and he finished well. And in the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus is on the mountain of transfiguration preparing Himself, the Father preparing Jesus for what he was going to face at the cross. Jesus was transfigured and covered with the glory of heaven. And guess who God sent, who the Father sent to be with Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration? Moses and Elijah. So here's this great man of God, this great prophet who finished well. We we can learn things from people who don't finish well. But I prefer learning from those who do things the right way. Those who finish well. So open your Bible with me to the book of 2 Kings in your Old Testament, chapter 2. 2 Kings, chapter 2. And we're going to look at the first 14 verses, which describe Elijah's last day of life on earth. And he knew it was going to be his last day. So let's see what the Bible tells us about that in 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. God's word says this. And it came about when the Lord was about to take up Elijah by a whirlwind to heaven, that Elijah went with Elijah. Elijah is also a prophet. Elijah has been mentoring him, and Elijah will become his successor, if you will. And so they they leave Gilgal, and in verse 2, Elijah said to Elijah, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. And uh, But Elijah said, As the Lord lives and as yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Elijah is saying, I'm going from here from Gilgal down to Bethel, just a short distance. You just stay here. And Elijah says, No, Master, I'm not leaving your side. I'm staying with you. And so they go to Bethel. In verse 3, the sons of the prophets, we'll come back to that. The sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elijah and they said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know, be still. In other words, Elijah knew it was his last day. Elijah knew it was Elijah's last day. And the sons of the prophets knew that it was Elijah's last day. 
And, and Elijah told them, hey, just, just be still. Don't say anything. Don't bother him. Just let him do what he needs to do. And uh, in verse 4, Elijah said to him, Elijah, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. You, you can stay here. You don't need to go with me. I'm going to Jericho, which was about 14 miles from Bethel. But again, Elijah says, no, I'm going with you. And he does. And in verse 5, the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho. So you had sons of the prophets at Bethel, 14 miles away. In Jericho, there were sons of the prophets. And they also came up to Elijah and talked to him about this being Elijah's last day. And he said, yes, I know. Be still. Don't bother him about it. And then in verse 6, Elijah tells Elijah to stay in Jericho. He's, he's going down to the Jordan River because that's where God wants him to go. That's just about five miles away. But, but again, Elijah says, no, I'm not staying here. I'm going with you, master. And so in verse 7, 50 men of the sons of the prophets. So 50 of these sons of the prophets went and stood opposite, opposite them at a distance. In other words, they followed from a distance, Elijah and Elijah toward the Jordan River. And in verse 8, as they're standing beside the Jordan River, Elijah takes off his mantle, his robe, if you will, that, uh, that around his shoulders and stuff, and he folds it up and he touches the waters of the Jordan River and it parts. And he and Elijah walk on dry land through the Jordan River to the other side. And in verse 9, when they got to the other side, when they crossed over, Elijah said to Elijah, ask what I shall do for you before I am taking from you. Elijah knew it's time to leave. Earth was getting close. So he said to Elijah, his successor, what else can I do for you? And Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And basically Elijah says, okay, if you see me when God takes me up, your request will be answered. If you don't see me when God takes me up, it will not be answered. Then in verse 11, as they were going along and talking, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven. He's caught up miraculously uh, to heaven in the presence of Elijah. And, um, and when that happened, in verse 12, Elijah cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw Elijah no more because he had been called up to heaven. And then he took hold of his clothes and he tore them into two pieces, a sign of uh, grief and so on, because his mentor, his friend, was no longer with him. And in verse 13, he also took, or Elijah now picks up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen to the ground, and, and, and he goes over to the Jordan River, and he folds that mantle up, and he touches the water, and the waters part, and he crosses over to the, to the western side, over toward Jericho, and those 50 sons of the prophets see Elijah doing this, and it confirms for them that Elijah is the rightful successor of the prophet Elijah. Now, that's the story. I want you to just, just imagine this for a moment. Here is Elijah, and he sees the, these, this chariot of fire and horses of fire, and this whirlwind come down, and they take Elijah this great prophet, the greatest prophet, he doesn't die as we know death. He's simply transformed from here to heaven. What a, what a way to finish. Elijah lived his life faithful to God, lived it well, 
and he finished well, and God took him to heaven. Now, there are some lessons you and I can learn from this story and from the life of Elijah about finishing well. Here's the first lesson. If we want to finish well, do this. Invest in others along the way. As we are living, intentionally invest in others. Three times in these passages, these verses, the sons of the prophets are mentioned. There were sons of the prophets in Bethel, sons of the prophets in Jericho. What is that? Think of it like a school for prophets. Elijah had these men who wanted to be preachers who were called to be prophets and 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 he invested in them. Think of it like a seminary or a, a, a Bible college. He was mentoring them and they were being trained for ministry. And he, Elijah's not the only one who did this. Samuel did it. Schools of the prophets, sons of the prophets are mentioned different times in the Old Testament. So he was investing in them and he made extra special investment in Elijah because Elijah was the one God had directed Elijah to mentor as his successor. We read about that in 1 Kings chapter 19. And so here is Elijah, this man of God, this prophet who throughout his life in ministry is investing in others who will carry on the ministry of God during his lifetime and after his lifetime. So he was intentional. And if you and I are going to invest in others, we will be intentional. It is a choice we make to do that along the way. But Elijah had something to give them, something to pass on. You see, I can't mentor others if I don't have anything to give them. I cannot invest in others if I don't have something to pass on. I can't teach others if I don't have something to teach. And that's why living well while we're young and in our middle years is important to finishing well because you can't wait until the very end to invest in others. So how you live along the journey of your life matters if you're going to finish well, if you are going to effectively and intentionally invest in others. You can't wait until the end to invest. Elijah started years before this last day of his life. These schools of the prophets, these sons of the prophet had existed for years. So he was investing the whole time. He didn't wait until the last day. If you wait until the last day or the last year of your life, it is too late to invest in others the way you need to. So dads and moms, invest spiritually in your kids when they are young. Grandparents, invest in your grandchildren while they are young. Invest in people at your place of work. Invest in people in our community. Invest in other believers at the church. Go and invest in our children. Invest in our teenagers. Invest in our young single adults. Invest in our college students. Don't wait until the end of your life to invest in others. If you want to finish well, Live well along the way by investing in others. That's the first lesson. That's the first takeaway. Number two, keep serving. Keep serving. Continue to be faithful. Keep investing in others until you are no longer able to do it. What did Elijah do on the last day of his life? 
He basically did what he had always done. He continued investing in these sons of the prophets. He wanted to check on those at Bethel. He wanted to check on those at Jericho. He did on the last day what he had done on all the other days, followed his normal routine of investing in these students. And he did this until the very moment God took him. And the last investment he made was personally one-on-one in Elijah when he said to him just before God took him into heaven, Elijah, what is one more thing I can do for you today before I'm gone? And that's when Elijah said, I want that double blessing, that double portion of your spirit. See, some people, when they retire from their career, have a tendency to retire from serving, to retire from investing in the church, in the kingdom, investing in others. Don't do that. I, I, I'm blessed every Sunday morning in our middle service when I walk into the worship center and see Gene Williams sitting where I know he's going to be sitting, 85 years old and still directing one of our life groups on Sunday morning. When I walk into our deacons meeting on the first Monday night of the month and I see Ray Elwine, who is 83 years old, serving as a deacon, that blesses my heart. If you want to finish well, continue investing, continue serving, continue being faithful until you're dead or unable physically to do it. Don't ever retire from serving and investing in the kingdom of God and in other people if you want to finish well. Number three, make preparations to support God's work after you're gone. In other words, in the here and now, while you're on your journey of life, make preparations to continue supporting God's work when you're no longer present. Elijah wanted God's work to continue to go on well after he was in heaven. And I think that is the reason on his last day, he visited those those trainees, if you will, those seminary students, those sons of the prophets in Bethel and Jericho. He had been preparing them for some time to carry on the ministry after he was going, and he wanted to pay one last visit to them just to encourage them and make sure they were ready. Monisa and I are currently in the process of updating our estate plan because, you know, we, we tithe and give offerings to God's work while we're alive. We want to support God's work when we're in heaven. And so in our estate plan, this church will be financially supported. The International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention will be financially supported because if I serve God and give to God while I am alive, believe me, I want to do that when I'm dead. I'm in heaven and I want to be still supporting the kingdom of God and the work of God. I mean, we, 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 we prepare for death if we're wise with, you know, life insurance and with having a will. Well, prepare for death spiritually. What are you going to do to serve the kingdom of God after you are dead? God placed on my heart a few years ago that in the last quarter of my ministry, I am to carve out time to intentionally invest in younger ministers, younger pastors. And I'm doing that, some that I'm meeting with on a regular basis. Later this month, I will lead a workshop twice 
for our state convention on, on marriage and ministry for the long haul, sharing some of the things that, that God has taught me over these four plus decades of ministry and marriage so that I can invest in the younger generation who will still be serving Jesus after I am in heaven. Brothers and sisters, if you want to finish well, do what you can to prepare those who will come after you to carry on the work of God after you are no longer here. How, let me ask you, how are you going to serve the kingdom of God after you're dead? What are you intentionally doing right now to serve God's kingdom and God's purpose after you're no longer here? That's that's part of finishing well, that, that when I finish, I know I'm going to continue serving God even though I'm in heaven. Praise be his name. Number four, be concerned about others to the very end. There can be a tendency in life to reach a point where we think primarily about ourselves. But as I mentioned a moment ago in verse 9, when Elijah had crossed the Jordan River over to the eastern side of it, and Elijah was with him, and he knew in just a few moments God was going to take him. He turned to Elijah in verse 9 and said, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. I have one more opportunity to help you, Elijah. What can I do? And Elijah asked for that double portion of his spirit so that he could do a great job under the power and leadership of the Holy Spirit after after Elijah was gone and Elijah was the new leader of all the prophets. So he made this extra investment, this extra investment in Elijah. And I want you to get this. Here it is, not only the last day of Elijah's time on earth, it is the last moments. He knows that in any moment, God's taking him home. And his thoughts are not with himself, but with Elijah. What can he do to bless, prepare, support, strengthen, help Elijah? His focus was on others. And and when we reach the place that our focus is primarily on ourselves, we're less likely to finish well. So those are some of the, the, the lessons, and, and if, if, if I could kind of tie a little ribbon or bow around it, it's, there's, there's a couple of takeaways. One is that God's work, listen, God's work is, is, is bigger than any one person. Elijah was leaving, and Elijah was taking over. One era was ending and another era was beginning. Evidence that the work of God, the kingdom of God, is bigger than me or you. Another takeaway is that everyone, everyone is replaceable. Elijah replaced Elijah, just like Joshua replaced Moses. Everyone is replaceable, and that should keep us humble. And motivate us to invest in and prepare those who come after us. That's part of finishing well. And if I could just, you know, summarize what, what, what this lesson, what this text is teaching us is, is, and, and Elijah's example, he's teaching us 
to live well so we can die well. He's, he's teaching us to prepare others to carry on after us. He's, he's teaching us to live for God and his kingdom more than we live for ourselves and pleasure. He's teaching us to focus on others and not just ourselves. He's teaching us to invest in others and invest in the kingdom of God while we are alive and after we die. That's how we finish well. And I want to say a word to young people, to young adults, to college students, to high school students. I want to encourage you to be like Elijah who attached himself to Elijah and wanted to learn everything he could. He wanted to be the best prepared he could be to step up as the leader when his day came. He left his career and he became a follower of Elijah. And he was ready. He was ready when it was his time to leave. Young people hear me. Teenagers hear me. Young adults, single adults, college students hear me. Seek out godly mentors. You take it upon yourself to attach yourself to godly mentors. Be involved in the work of God. Be involved in the ministry of the church. Learn and grow. And when your time comes to lead, step up and do it. Let me say something to older saints of God to older ministry leaders in the church. When you, when you age, when you reach whatever you consider your senior adult years, do not step aside. Do not step aside and stop serving. I've heard some older ones say, well, I want to make room for the younger ones. Listen to me. Do not step aside from serving God. Instead, invite the younger ones to come alongside you and do it with you as you invest in them. Don't step aside. Invite them to join with you and invest in them. Young adults, young people, don't wait until you're older to begin Join with us now. Learn from us now. Serve with us now. Make a difference today. Because if you do that, you will be in a position and equipped to have a greater impact when you are old. That's all part of finishing well. I remember when I was young, when I was a teenager, had just turned 17. And one Sunday evening, Sheila Knowles, the wife of our associate pastor was speaking to me and she told me about a youth rally that had been scheduled for the following month. And uh, it was going to be on a Sunday night and she was telling me all about it. And, and then, then she said, Steve, we would like for you to preach at that youth rally. God had already been moving in my heart to preach his word, but I hadn't told anybody. But that's okay. He knew. And he prompted her and others to say, Steve, we'd like for you to preach. And when she asked, I said, yes. And so the first time I preached as a 17-year-old was on a Sunday night at a youth rally. And I will never forget that evening. And I, I sometimes wonder, what if I had said no instead of saying yes? I sometimes wonder, what if 
Sheila had never asked me. What if the leaders had not asked me to preach at that youth rally? Listen, older adults, don't step aside and don't do it all alone. You you stay in there serving Jesus and invite younger ones to come along and do it beside you. And young people, when God opens doors for you to serve, say yes. The only way you learn and the only way you grow and the only way you discover the will of God for your life is by saying yes and doing. I'm 65 years old now. I'm no longer 17. But I'm not quitting. I have too much to pass on, and I enjoy investing in these younger men and women who want to serve Jesus Christ. That is how God's kingdom works. You remember Jesus? Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. All the things of life that we care about, all the pleasures of life, all the physical needs of life. God says, I'll take care of that. You'll have what you need. You'll have fun. Life will be beautiful, but seek me first. Sometimes we think when we're young, if we seek God first, we don't have these other things. No, seek God first. So you can live well and finish well. I was reflecting earlier today on a a man in his 70s when I was a teenager and in my early 20s named C.B. Bradshaw. And I remember one Sunday afternoon or evening going to his house and he had his Bible out and he had his Sunday school quarterly and he was preparing his lesson that he was going to teach in Sunday school for the following Sunday. And I learned his habit, his routine was every Sunday night, he would sit down and read the Bible to begin preparing for the lesson he was to teach the upcoming Sunday morning in his 70s. Seek the kingdom of God first. How do you finish well? That's it. And seeking the kingdom of God means I care about the things of God and the people of God and the ministry of God and the church of God. And I invest in it until I am no longer here. And I prepare others to carry on after I'm gone. That is how we finish well. God bless you. I'll see you next Sunday.